Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli, as well as Agent M from the Men in Black Initiative, here to talk about artificial intelligence. With that said, shameless plug, make sure you check us out in Discord. All right, Jake and Agent M, how's it going? It's going great. It's going well. Yep. Agent M, you like that name now? Agent M? You're I especially do. Agent I'll, M. I'll go with that. Yep. Agent M from, from the Men in Black Initiative. So how's it going? I haven't talked to you guys in a while, uh, especially on the podcast. So if you guys want to give a fresh update to our uh, cryptonauts out there of what you guys have been doing. Sure. Um, I have mostly just been... Uh, just been riding the the great mining wave during this full cycle and um i guess playing around experimenting a little bit with some yield farming yield farming DeFi. actually jake's been doing that as well uh yep. have you been having any success in yield farming because a lot of people I, have, a lot I of have. People, I, the biggest issue that people have been having with DeFi is the high fees so even though they are making a profit they're they're paying out so much in fees that it's almost unprofitable just to even do it to begin with i started with uh bsc so the fees are you know inconsequential yeah same okay, so i did not start with the ethereum nice. part i went with bsc first but mainly because uh even even though i found ethereum DeFi back in in june when it pretty much when it started um i, I didn't take interest in it and then when I finally took interest in it, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go. That's too expensive. So BSC it was. That's uh, exactly, bit, exactly it's a story. Binance Smart Chain for those who don't know what BSC is. Yep. Nice, nice. I, have, I haven't touched it yet, but uh, from what I hear, it's very affordable to uh, do DeFi on. Yes. For now. All right. <laughs> Right. We have three topics we want to talk about. We have Ravencoin happening. We have Internet of Things. And what uh, What was the last one? It was uh, uh, Artificial AI Intelligence with yeah. Artificial Intelligence with uh, Agent M. Since he's really knowledgeable in Artificial Intelligence. At least I think he is. So let's start I, I off with... Uh... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so let's start off with Ravencoin. First off, for the new cryptonauts out there, I'm just going to go ahead and give a, a quick little highlight of what... Uh, Ravencoin is so. Ravencoin is a proof of work algorithm. Okay, actually, let's go back over here. Exactly. Ravencoin is a digital peer-to-peer -peer network that aims to implement a use-case-specific blockchain designed to efficiently handle one specific function: the transfer of assets from one party to another. Built on a fork of the Bitcoin node, Ravencoin was launched January 3rd, 2018 and is a truly open source project, no ICOs or masternodes. It focuses on building a useful technology with a strong and growing community. So as of right now, we are, uh, we, as in the miners mining uh, Ravencoin, are using the Compile uh, algorithm, which is uh, formerly the X16R algorithm and X16R uh, V2 algorithm. Uh, let's see, unique characteristics of Ravencoin, ASIC resistant, using Kapow hash algorithm to discourage the development of ASIC hardwares. So I'm sure you guys can touch base on that too, because um, 
what you guys said over and over again that there's no such thing as a ASIC resistant. Yeah, I I would say things are maybe ASIC resistant for a while, <laughs> um, and that was the case with X16R, and I think that's from what I've been reading is what Ravencoin Classic is all about. It's the people who invested in developing an ASIC for X16R and then Raven to maintain being really about GPU mining uh, switched algos. And so the people who had these useless ASICs are now trying to uh, <laughs> resurrect Raven in Ravencoin Classic, which is still running X16R. I think John. Uh, we lose John. Yeah, he, he. I've tried messaging him and letting him know he needs to log okay. back in again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it happens every now and then. John's uh, account will drop out in the middle, and we'll lose him, and he All doesn't right. know because he can't hear us. And he doesn't know that we can't hear him. So would this be a place we would pause and edit, or no? We could definitely, uh, we could definitely um, okay. make a pause and we look at the time code okay. here real quick. Fortunately, we're not live. Yeah, we're about ten minutes in, so I'll I'll, I'll check back on okay. the audio once he realizes that he's stuck. Sure. Whoops. Tom is back. Sorry. Where, <laughs> where did I where did I where did about, I leave off at? About I just two minutes talking. ago, you 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 stopped talking and then uh, M picked up kind of where you. You left off because we literally lost you. But we'll just cut. We'll just cut that part out. I'll go listen to it in, in the end. And, All right. So what should it I sounded continue? like it sounded like a hanging Chad question when you were when you were just uh, talking about Asics, uh, Asics, and Asics. Um, Raven and and yeah. So I, I answered what I thought was your question, not realizing you dropped off. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. So basically, I was going. Let me go over that part again. Unique characteristics of Ravencoin: ASIC resistance using the Kapow algorithm. And as I don't know if you guys answered, I, I wasn't there. I couldn't hear you guys. But ASIC resistant is not necessarily a a true thing because anything can be built for ASICs. So as of right now, Kapow is uh, is ASIC resistant to this point. It is fair launch. Everyone has an equal opportunity to mine or purchase Raven since day one. There is no pre-mine, no ICOs, and no coins held for developers or founders rewards. It is community-driven and truly open source. So that's the reason I really, really like working with Ravencoin because of this. It's truly open source. It's community-driven. Like, for example, we had a huge donation from uh, Blockchain Tiger that donated a few thousand Raven to help uh, further development of Ravencoin, which is awesome because now there's a, a good foundation, a good a good amount of donations to continue furthering the development of Ravencoin. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what else? Oh, well, we're going to jump over to the Ravencoin Havening. So the Ravencoin Havening uh, mine, uh, halves every what, uh, 2,100,000 blocks. You guys still there or did I lose you guys? Yep, still here. Okay. <laughs> and that's approximately every four years. So every four years, the, the, the Ravencoin block, uh, blockchain, not, not blockchain, uh, rewards uh, has every four years. So uh, let's see. The next time it's going to have is in January 2022. All right. From 5,000 Raven to 2,500 Raven. And 
that's still a pretty good chunk of, of Raven. So it's still early, early days to get into Raven uh, for the Kryptonauts out there listening. Uh, definitely, if you got a good rig and you want to point it over to Raven, you're going to make some good coin, in my opinion. And um, actually, have you guys checked on the the um, the hash rate or the difficulty rate for uh, Ravencoin lately? I looked at the diff about a week or two ago, and I hadn't looked at it for probably a couple of years before then. And I think when I last saw it, it was around a hundred and a hundred thousand something. Um, and and when I looked at it prior to that, a couple of years ago, it was around thirty thousand after the Binance listing. Hey, that's when not it, that bad, um, is it? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's not that bad depending on, I guess, the price of Raven. It's, I'd say, it's not bad right now. Although, again, that was a week ago. I <laughs> price has been has gone up, so I'm not quite sure where it might be right now. Um, but I am, I am definitely looking forward to the happening. Uh, I feel like I can I can almost feel the inflation <laughs> and it's just kind of been that way for a while. The pump. Um, yeah, well, the pump, I mean the FOMO and the FUD. More just the, literally the the inflation in the value or the yeah. um you know basically the printing of Raven. Um it's I think it's 7 something million Raven coin are made per day and I'm definitely looking forward to when it's half that amount, which is less than a year away now. Um, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, Jake, what are your predictions on the Ravencoin happening? Um, I wanted to talk about this explicitly when we brought it up the other day because <clears throat> Michael Carter of Bitch Be Trippin' was talking about it explicitly in his one of, one of his recent videos that he posted in general chat here in Cryptocurrency Chat's Discord. Plug! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, shameless plug. Anyways, at the end of his um, <clears throat> stream, he talked about the uh, somebody asked a question regarding the happening of Ravencoin, which is, as you said, January 2022, so less than a year away. Um, he said that thus far, even though the price of Ravencoin hasn't quite matched the price of Bitcoin, obviously they're, they're based off the same prim, um, principle. That is, you know, Ravencoin was literally a like a what's it a fork of, of Bitcoin. Um, that its pricing acceleration, or at least the way that it's mapped, its 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 pro progress has almost identically mapped that of Bitcoin. Which means you could possibly predict that the price, although not the same, is going to analogous analogously matched that of Bitcoin when it first went through its happening. So he tried mapping that, although I don't have a map, uh, an image to, to, to put up. And I know that for the, those listening to this podcast, not watching it, um, are not going to be able to see that image. But the image that I had was uh, that the prediction said that when Ravencoin's happening occurs, it will probably exceed $2. So roughly 10x where it is now. So we're looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what that happens. No, I'm not like necessarily looking to the cost because we've already know if we talked about this before about Ravencoin, particularly with tokenization. Uh, currently it's what, 500 for um, sub, a, a sub token or you, know, it's, you guys so know. Main, yeah, the main asset's 500, right. 100 for a sub asset. I think it's five for a unique asset. 
Yes. And then the restricteds are fifteen hundred. Yeah. So at the current price, um, which is I think well, I was just looking at point two one. I have it up on the screen if anyone's watching the screen version of it um, when this debuts. But let's say um, what five hundred times point two is about you know what's a hundred bucks or so roughly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. $110, for just uh, an asset, uh, uh, you know, a, a fungible asset. And then it's pretty cheap for a non-fungible asset. But then, I mean, for securities, it's going to be three times over $300. But if the price goes to $2, let's say, I think he predicted $2.30 somewhere in January next year, then that's going to be $1,150 for a fungible token or fungible asset, rather. Um, and you know, three thousand for. And per my first question to him, yeah, uh, to, pardon not to him, but to Tron, um, uh, Tron Black, the co-founder of, of Ravencoin, if the price of of Raven became something more like five hundred dollars or a thousand, or in some sense mirrored Bitcoin, I don't think it'll ever be worth the same amount because there's a thousand times as much Raven as there is right. uh, Bitcoin, but. Um, if it ever did go much, much higher, it would be much, much more expensive to create an asset. Um, and he's like, well, that's, you know, get into Raven now. You're listening to the podcast, get into it now. And, and he didn't seem to have any empathy toward what would happen in the future. For whatever his reasons are, he never stated them. But, um, I mean, we were concerned, like, well, what about the people in the future? And he's like, he didn't answer that. <laughs> you know, uh, it, my concern was, or do, and I think Blanc, uh, John John made a point of this was that uh, well we should just do a lightning network on top of Raven once once the price gets too high if it ever does. Well, and then the other thing is that if the people using Raven decided to come to a consensus to change the fees, that could also be done. Um, I guess the reason I didn't talk to that point is because I don't feel like it ever will happen. I'm not saying it can't. It obviously can because we can all vote on it, or at least enough people can. We get a a, a majority. Which are, what, under what is it? Ninety percent people have to vote, or is it seventy-five percent or sixty percent? It depends. It depends on the way the proposal is structured. So. Um, okay. Well, yeah, it's very. To me, I find that unlikely. Is it impossible? Would... No. Is it likely? Mm, I feel like it's less likely. What about, what do you think about it just being combined with another, um, you know, another upgrade to the network? I'm sorry. Another upgrade to the network is going to happen anyway. To me, it seems like it would be more likely in a case like that. All right. I will, I will use um, the analogy of reference to the current Ethereum network. I am personally not a developer for either one of these, and I don't think I ever will explicitly be a developer. I'll just be a participant, as I have been so far. Will I have a say in it? Yeah, some tiny say. Will I speak my mind about it? Absolutely. But at this point, I'm I'm not sure that my voice, even in the future, will have enough carry to influence enough people to say that something like that should change. It's not because I don't think it's a good idea, but I think because from the standpoint of whether or not I like Raven or not, there's so many other fish or birds in the air, fish in the sea, um, uh, as options to convert to that it may be that, that Raven will become a big player like ETH is now 
ETH and Bitcoin are currently. Um, but someone else will just make another coin, either a fork of Raven or something entirely new, and say, oh, we're just going to go over here now. I mean, it sucks because you, you lose support to, for something to some degree, unless Raven does something so unique that there's no, no way of, uh, of getting away from it. But I feel like if something doesn't change, someone will just make something better. And then we'll just go to that. Yeah. Just like what's happening right now. To, that's, that's what I wanted to ping in. It seems like right now, if nothing's changed in the future, then Cardano's proof of stake will end up taking all. Because what they're doing is they're creating assets that's as well on their blockchain. And it's a lot more affordable. It's actually, you can actually create your own assets right now on the, the, the uh, Cardano uh, network. I don't know how much it is. I'm trying to look that up right now, but uh, people are doing it. And it, so far, no one's complaining about uh, prices on there. And on top of that, with Cardano, you can stake your ADA, which is something that, that Ravencoin doesn't have. And that's because, in my opinion, it's proof of work. I don't know. Maybe it can work, but I don't know how how about how, how that, that can happen. My understanding is that Raven will be stakeable in a wrapped form. Like, it's we'll see that sooner than later. Um so there's other ways to do that. Um, I I prefer proof of work, and I think many others do in the sense that it's more decentralized than yeah. something like Cardano. So that would be an advantage for some people. Um, I do think that having asset creation shouldn't cost too much, and you know if enough people are voicing that, I can't see why um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be addressed or it wouldn't make sense to to adjust that. I don't know when the right time for that would be, but uh, we do have this E2SH. I don't know if that's a soft fork or a hard fork, uh, but I know that's coming up not too far away from now. Um, yeah, London might, is supposed to go through in, in April 15th, so... Okay, yeah. I mean, um, I would like to see something like if it makes sense, I have more thinking to do about it um, and more people to ask about it. But I could see having something like Taproot, um, which is and developed for Bitcoin. Really quick, before before we move forward, can you just explain what uh, P2SH is for the crypto? Yeah, um, it it essentially expands um, on the ability to create a smart contract. Raven, and it's not that it's like a full-blown smart contract, but it, it increases the ability. And so, I think the main thing here is that it allows for some DeFi to occur with with Raven. Um, and I believe the project that's being done by somebody on OpenDAO with Raven is dependent on E2SH. I'm trying to remember what it stands for. I think it's peer to script hash. Does that sound right, Jake? Pay, pay to script hash. Pay to script hash. Thank you. Um, so that's probably about as, as well as I could explain it right now. Not that that's great, but um, yep, it's coming and it will provide uh, some DeFi capability for Raven or additional DeFi capability for Raven. So from my understanding, um, the only way Raven O can be integrated with uh, Ravencoin is uh, P2SH being activated on the Ravencoin blockchain. That will allow the, the flow of the ability to create 
um, wrapped Raven. Hopefully, mm. hopefully, hopefully that's the goal um, that that Raven O wants to wants to do. And hopefully, there's more developers creating other uh, platforms out there, other layers out there that can help um, further move uh, Ravencoin into other blockchains with like atomic swapping uh, once B2SH is activated. Hopefully, we'll see how, how we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, and I think there, there might be one. There might be one more involving Ren, and I, I don't fully understand it, but I've heard something about Ren. Um, of doing a similar thing with like a wrapped raven and allowing the ability to do staking of some sort what 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 the cryptonauts need to know about ravencoin is that it's still early this is still a new platform it's it's only been out for a couple of years so they still have a lot more to develop and this is just the beginning so once again if you're not in ravencoin in my opinion you're missing out on a lot of profit in the future I like Ravencoin, yeah, uh, and I'm, def I'm definitely going to continue to shill it because it's it's one of those things that I like because it's decentralized, because there was no uh, pre-mine, no ICO, and there was, no, um, there was no funds put aside for the foundation. Everybody is in it for the benefit of Ravencoin. They want to see this succeed, So, and people know that this is a good platform to use because of the decentralization uh, features of it. I can echo that. I, I was there in the early days, and I've not experienced anything else um, compared to like the way Bitcoin launched that was quite pure. And um, it's just so much fun and a community of people that were extremely helpful um, and just wanting to create something um, that's positive and, uh, and useful. It's designed for tokenizing assets. Um, and it does a much better job of that than something like Ethereum. Um, and Tron has some great articles on Medium that give specific examples of why it's better. Now, Em, you were mentioning Taproot, and I kind of cut you off there. I'm sorry. If you can just go ahead and uh, no talk problem. about Taproot for a while. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can talk about it much, but I can summarize it as, uh, as bringing three improvements or Bitcoin, one is efficiency of the transactions. Um, and I wouldn't say it's a huge efficiency gain, but it is there. Two, it increases uh, privacy transactions in certain ways. It is not making Bitcoin a privacy coin, but it is improving the privacy. And then three, oh man. Slipping my mind right now. Jake, do you by chance remember what the third one is? Uh, no, I, I mean I know the the concept, the general concept of what Taproot was bringing. It's not a, like as you said, not a massive um, change, uh, but it is some somewhat of an improvement. Um, I, I can't speak to the the security oh. aspects. Honestly, I'm not 100% on that. I just remember the third thing. Um, it is it does expand again on on the smart contract capability for Bitcoin on chain. It is a I would call it a minor, a rudimentary expansion. It does not give it a full smart chain capability, nor would you want that necessarily on the chain itself um, because it wouldn't be efficient, but it does increase that um, capability. So more things will can be done with Bitcoin on chain. So it's not second layer. Um, and it's last I looked, it's pretty close to having reach consensus. Um, guesses are that it's 
months away from from going live on, on, Bitcoin. on Bitcoin. Yeah, and so it's been under development, I believe, for something like three years, and because it was built for Bitcoin, so I don't know if it would integrate just perfectly out of the box with Raven, or if because of Raven's um, asset capabilities, it would need adjustments to it. These are questions I, that, like, I would ask Tron, and I last I, time I asked him, he needed to look into it a bit more. Um, but it sounds like generally it's a a positive thing. Um, again, you know, it's over ninety percent consensus for Bitcoin right now, and I think they need ninety-five to get it to go live. Um, there isn't the only people who might not want it would be a, a select few miners because it increases transaction efficiency and it could lower the fees yeah, slightly. That's what I heard too. Some of the miners yeah. were a little upset, mostly just ASIC miners, but right. It, again, it, it's just a, right. It's a tiny little percentage, and I, I yeah, I don't think they're gonna yeah, it's kind hold of the, it up. The, the inefficiency of fiat money, like it, I don't, I'm not trying to get off topic, but it is a minor issue that is experienced. In fact, one of the things that Milton Friedman talked about e-currency, as he called it, or e-cash, as he called it, you know, basically what Bitcoin became, um, was an efficiency factor of when you send money from one bank to another within fiat. Um, they get to hold on to that money because the transaction doesn't go through right away. And so they make a little bit more interest off of the money that you've sent before you, you actually receive it. And they actually like that. They make it deliberately slow because they make more money on it. Um, and that's kind of what's happening here, except from a standpoint of, of efficiency in like milliseconds of worth of efficiency um, that's going to be slightly less profitable for gigantic mine, mining operations to make uh, a little bit less money than they would before. So, of course, they're concerned about it. They're like, well, that's going to hit our bottom line. But you know, when it comes to the fluctuations of the price of Bitcoin, it's probably not going to matter that much. I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, fractional percentages, not multiple percentages, not like 5% difference or 7% difference. We're talking about, you know, 0.2% uh, difference. It's still a difference when you're talking on a gigantic scale. Yes, you'll notice it. But, um, for most people, it's not going to matter at all. So no, another thing I was thinking about, uh, we were talking about Lightning just a few minutes ago. Raven doesn't have Lightning integration yet, and in part because it doesn't have SegWit. It it doesn't need SegWit because Lightning was, um, or Raven was started after the malleability bug was discovered in Bitcoin, and so it was fixed. Segwit fixed that bug on Bitcoin. Raven was created after that, and so it just didn't need Segwit to have the bug fixed. Um, but Lightning, I guess, needs Segwit. And while we don't need Lightning now, um, I think it I think it would only be a good thing to have it be available <laughs> down the road. Uh, if Raven does become that popular, um, I think it's it's something like that would be necessary. It does have 20 times the the transaction capacity on chain of Bitcoin, which is which is great. That's not infinite. Um, and then from what I looked at, it's got about six, six and a half times the transaction capacity of Ethereum, which is significant too, but that's also nowhere close to limitless. Um, so I think it, it certainly gives it 
much more life than those two, but it depends on how popular it becomes. Absolutely. It is a pr improvement over Ethereum and Bitcoin in the sense of transaction. In fact, I loved Tron's analogy that he used uh, two podcasts ago of the uh, stadium uh, analogy of saying, well, great, you made the doors bigger, but there's no more room in the stadium. That's why the transaction fees of Ethereum is so high. And I like I didn't even think of it that way. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. You know, that was great. pretty cool. I like great. that. Uh, what you need is a bigger stadium. <laughs> let's let's do a Harry Potterism of the stadium and just make it, you know, tens of twenty times taller stadium, you know, with magic or whatever. It's just an analogy, but um, instead of just making the doors bigger. We, we, or making the, so, the tickets cheaper but that's not that's not going to help so the, size the, of the issue stadium. so there's, yeah, the, issue there's of, the issue with that is that there's only so much you can store on on, on a drive for to keep to keep the decentralized right. but then again since it's going to pos how is that going to work with nodes well here's so here's the, the problem with making the stadium bigger um you're basically making the, the blockchain bigger and it and um, meaning it takes more space on a drive to have the blockchain. And so if you're trying to be a node, which is a good thing to do for the network, um, um, it makes it very difficult for the average person with average computer gear to, to begin to do that. Exactly. And in fact, that's the problem Ethereum is already having right now. Like it's very difficult to be an Ethereum node because by the time you would get it synced, your 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 hard drive is going to be full or your internet's not fast enough to get you there. Um, so it's basically to the point where only a few people um, with massive equipment are going to be able to actually run it and keep track of yeah. it. So to me, what makes more sense, right. So, and to me, like, you know, in my early days when I was researching Bitcoin, um, my first thought was, oh, Bitcoin's got all these limitations and um, some other coin is, you know, it's going to along with that, that fixes these limitations and coin is just going to eventually go by the wayside. And I later, um, I came to the realization what I thought were Bitcoin's weaknesses are actually its strengths. And um, so I think what makes more sense is rather than, you can never make an infinite sized stadium. So what makes more sense is to maybe have a live stream that stadium in multiple other stadiums that you know and you can build as many of those as you want um uh, the primary stadium it's it's easy enough to maintain because it's not out of control huge um and then the the other stadiums are essentially the second layer uh, like lightning for handling extra capacity and load i do appreciate tron saying lightning isn't perfect um i hadn't thought of some of the things he'd mentioned before it doesn't mean it's not uh, useful or worth having, or that it couldn't be improved down the road too. But yeah, but here's something that. that I want to I want to bring up. I think I think uh, something that should be implemented sooner than later would be a privacy extension for Ravencoin. I think uh, totally that's very 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 important. And what Litecoin did last week on March 15th was they activated Mimblewimble on their uh, main chain, which so far no one's complaining. It's It seems like it's working. There's no issues with it. Uh, so that means the developers did a really good job testing it over and over again to make sure that it was perfect. Uh, so what Mimblewimble does is create confidential transactions on the blockchain. It's, it's a 
voluntarily uh, voluntary uh, um, uh, option to create conf confidential transactions. So it's not it's, it's not a default, but you have the mm -hmm. ability to activate Mimblewimble through uh, Litecoin, and you can do that uh, not only with with the main chain, but you, you can also do that with uh, atomic swapping Bitcoin to Litecoin. So that's pretty cool. So if you ever want to convert stuff uh, privately, you can do that with atomic swapping or just create uh, transactions from Litecoin to Litecoin wallets. That's something that I would like to see uh, Ravencoin do Pretty, uh, sooner than later. They probably are going to need to do that in a way that it respects the um, um, regulatory assets that you can have in Raven. See, so that's, um, that's what that's what that's what um, uh, Litecoin did. So they the developers spoke with all the uh, exchanges out there and asked if they were going to be banned off the exchange because of Mimblewimble. And every single one of them so far said no, they will not because it is not a the 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 it's primary not option. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's, it's, yeah exactly. So because required. because it's an optional yeah, exactly it's an optional. Uh, uh, confidential transactions. That's the reason why they're going going to keep them. So that's they they figured the loophole and they they did it. So it it works. Yeah, I, the only addition to Raven would just be again the um, the regulatory assets might be an extra wrinkle for assets that are trying to. Um, I mean, for uh, tokenizing securities that would be like SEC compliant. I don't I don't think it's a. a roadblock or a deal breaker there might just need to be a little bit of extra thought that goes into how how it would be designed into raven but i'm all for it i very much think it should should be a part of raven so if i recall correctly tron did say that the um what's that asset that 1500 uh raven asset that's the uh regulatory asset i believe right so that's that's been been approved by the SSC. If you ever want to use that, uh, there's no issues uh, legally using that. Uh oh, did I lose you guys? Oh, no. I'm okay. Here. All right. So yeah, that's that. That was that. Yeah, and that was one of the original reasons for creating Raven. Um, was for Bruce has some great videos on it. Um, was for replacing potentially the <laughs> the way that stocks are are handled now which is it's amazing it still functions and works okay All right, so... next topic you want to you want to continue on or yes i think we should we should probably hit on to uh other topics since we've been half an hour on raven <laughs> wow okay <laughs> next topic uh inter internet of things so with this particular topic i just kind of want to throw ideas out there of how Internet of Things will be using it on blockchain. Will it be a pro or a con? And I just want to throw ideas out there of what Internet of Things are, and if if it will be a good thing to use on blockchain or not. So, any ideas out there? This is just an open open ideas. Ah, uh, you know, I I first heard about this just like right before the show started and that's a that's a huge question um i mean there's so many different internet of things things um and i'm trying to think of of why or what would be 
good on a blockchain. I mean, the, the thing a blockchain does is creates a, a record of things that can't be uh, changed, modified later. So, so it's more of a security factor you, then, right? Um, yeah, so I was just trying to think of like a security system maybe for a building where you wanted to have um, recorded events somehow um, recorded where they couldn't be altered by somebody like planning an inside job, so There's to speak. No I mean, man in maybe, the middle kind of attack yeah, uh, uh, maybe, vector of allowable when you have blockchain as the backbone. Right. So, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't erase the video recordings or the access control logs or something like that. I mean, maybe there's a use case there. Um, I don't think it, IoT tracking. I don't think it was things people talked about was uh, interference and, um, and the concern that people have that once everything has some aspect of IoT in, involved in it. So like the things we don't think of as having IoT, like let's say, um, well, actually, washing machines, I think it was one of the things we mentioned pre-show. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, washing machines, some of them are Wi-Fi enabled right now. I've seen them. I know Samsung makes them. Um, uh, I can't remember the other, other uh, Asian country that, that made it with something. In LG. Korea. LG, yes. LG yeah. also makes Wi-Fi enabled um, washing machines and dryers. Um, dishwashers. Refrigerators have been long made into smart objects. Um, uh, Samsung did that years and years ago. It was almost 20 years ago now. Uh, it was the first smart refrigerator. Um, but things that didn't traditionally have intelligence added to them, I mean, they, there is some level of intelligence, you know, mechanical intelligence that, that um, washing machines and dryers currently have. But as far as IoT goes in that aspect, it's it's a security factor. So I think we mentioned this, on the, not even involved in the show, but we were talking about how or at least the comment I made was, uh, if Microsoft was the operating system for your car, it would, you know, in a car accident, it would if have a, a prompt that says, do you want your, your airbags to deploy, um, you know, in the middle of an accident. Well, you don't have time to decide in the middle of an accident. That would be silly. And of course, that's just a joke. But if, you're, if the operating system operating the thing that you're using is fallible, you'd want some definitive security to it. And how do you guarantee that security? Well, there's no perfect way of, of, of guaranteeing security that we yet know of. But blockchain at least gives some leverage or some pinion point to, um, to operate that definitive security because it's a public chain. Now, maybe within your private ownership of that device, you wouldn't necessarily want a, pu a public chain involved. You wouldn't know people want you to know that you own that particular serial number of device. But maybe you want the company to know that you did own it and it wasn't stolen. It was always yours and your name had been associated when you made the purchase of that IoT device um, that you definitively owned it for until you, you definitively sold it and, and gave up you know, ownership of that object. Um, but I mean, I'm speculating here. I'm not, I don't know that that's what's going to happen. But in some sense, you have this ledger that can't be altered. It definitively says I own this is mine and so if somebody tried making a change to it you're like no sorry the ledger is which is public either kept by all the owners or kept by the um, the, the company that owned the product originally or even is just public in general maybe it's encrypted um, can't be changed and so you can't just upend that thing like no I own this thing no you don't the ledger says you don't so um, would that be yeah. 
basically an asset tracker. Yeah, an asset tracker, let me, exactly. Let me point out some more um, some more possibilities of application. One of them being the smart home. We sort of touched based on that. Elderly care, that's a big one. Medical and health care, transportation, manufacturing, obviously warehouses, using Internet of Things, agricultural. Uh, let's see what else. Um, workforce management, that's a big one. You know, keeping keeping track of uh, of employment hours, times, work where they, where they're assigned to. Uh, but is that IoT? Obviously, at we that talked point? about. Uh, well, think of Some... I think of. Go ahead. Well, I I was just the I I don't know where where Jake was drawing the line on is it IoT at that point, but I was going to say uh, for elderly care, I could see that being pretty useful maybe because i recently saw the film i care a lot <laughs> but, um yeah i could see that being important yeah you know with elderly what, care, what about... when you're trying to track something it doesn't necessarily track itself very well i mean humans that aren't either able to operate on their own or aren't thinking straight on their own and you want to maintain that i was thinking it um uh, tracking of vehicles through, through blockchain in IoT, um, keeping a definitive ledger of where, where a vehicle was, how long it was being operating, where it was, would be incredibly valuable to, to business. I know that a lot of truckers who are you know, um, okay. semi-truck uh, drivers are, have been really bothered by the restrictions put on them by uh, um, uh, GPS tracking devices because the laws have and changed. Yeah, they, they, they not, it's not just geofencing, actually. It's um, time use. In the past, they, they could operate on their own schedule, and now they're being limited, and their trucks are being shut down, you know, or being mm. warned that they're going to be shut down after, after I think, I think it's 10 hours, 9 or 10 hours of operation. Yeah. And they're like, well, look, maybe I want to work, you know, a 9-hour straight shift or maybe even a 12-hour straight shift, and the company's like, no, we don't want you to work that long because that's dangerous. And they're saying, well, you know, we used to do this. Like maybe we only have set period of time where we need to work for five hours straight and then take a half hour break and they can work another five hours. But you don't think you you think I need an hour break between that because it's company policy and that's just messing up how we work. And I get there. I get their excuse because I've talked to these people before. I used to be very good friends with the trucking company's um, employees. But um, I think that. It, it, you know, you have to base it on what the company deems the policy is appropriate. If you're an independent contractor, fine, you do what you want. But if you work for a company, you need to follow the company's rules, right? So, is, is that where uh, Tesla's semi trucks are really going to benefit the market? Um, to some degree, yes, because we don't have full 100% autonomy, autonomous driving vehicles, uh, at least not for driving on, on uh, public roads. Private roads, yes. For public roads, no. Um, because the, the autonomy isn't isn't quite good enough to make all the proper decisions. Even though Tesla did prove it with relatively short distance drives on public roads, um, the problem that you end up running to, and they're, they're almost numerous right now, um, is things like recognizing proper situations. We've already seen Tesla fail at that multiple times it, when people were actually driving them and they still failed. Um, not the people themselves, but the autonomous driving failed. It didn't properly recognize an object as a proper object or a proper situation, and it failed and killed the driver. Um, and so drivers are still necessary, but I think at some point we will see a good merge between drivers and vehicles in the sense of 
the vehicle can do most of the monotonous driving and the human can take over when the vehicle isn't certain of its ability to, to, to properly perform, assuming the vehicle can do that. But, you know, maybe, it, yeah, that's, maybe even, that's where we get into AI, right? <laughs> Proper AI. There's even, uh, I think, plans of having the drivers be remote where they would, mm -hmm. you know, just not be in the vehicle, but they could remotely take over correct the risk. situation that the AI is not, risk. yeah, isn't, can, isn't sure about how to handle. At that okay. point, might, now moving on to <clears throat> moving on to manufacturing and agriculture. Obviously, Internet of Things in manufacturing is going to be a big benefit, especially using blockchain. It absolutely eliminates the middleman. If everything, say for example, you're in a warehouse or you're you're producing product, uh, and you got millions of units coming out, if that's instantly uploaded to a a super fast blockchain, uh, yeah. It's data tracking all these items go, uh, being created and being distributed to wherever they need to go instantaneously. So I can see that being a huge benefit to manufacturing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if companies out there are doing that right now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Same thing with ag agricultural. Um, I think I, I read an article that there was uh, the largest um, cattle company in the United States. They started using, uh, I forgot which platform, I think Stellar? They started using Stellar uh, blockchain to track all their cattle uh, being moved around. Wow. Yeah, I could also see it potentially being of interest to to the consumer who wants to be able to see where their food came from and if it was organic. And I, of course, there are people who have to input the data. Um, I know there are issues with that, but I, I could still see how it'd be useful for people who really wanted to follow the growth. Well, actually, you know, it's funny. You're, you're, you're making a good point about this. Is it, 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 it comes down to people entering the data on a blockchain as to whether or not it's authentic or not. But if it weren't, and we could figure out some point where the weak point of data entry came about, the ledger is already, already present, pre, you know, presented to the public in whatever public way it is. Maybe it's still in, within private. Maybe it's even encrypted. But at least you have a record of it happening that is consistent. So it's like when you're trying to trace back to a point where you know where the breakdown point occurred, you could trace the blockchain definitively on each one of those inst instances and find out where the person was pro improperly entering data on it. And you'd know to some degree, you know, rather than having to trace leads that lead nowhere or, or seem to go cold easily with right. um, with blockchain, it's definitive. You, you can't chop part of the blockchain out and replace it. So. That might That's be right. quite useful for tracing back, particularly on food production, as you said. So it's like, well, if yeah. we found a problem at this point where the where there's a weak point in the blockchain, it's not because the blockchain was weak, it's because of the data entry at that point by the human doing it or because of some failure due to machining. Um, you know, at least we can trace that back. Yep. Same same for medication production, um, all kinds of things like that. Right. And so that, that tracking, I'm sure that's the reason that you said that large cattle uh um, uh, you know, uh, farm or ranch is doing that with their cattle. That way they know definitively as long as the inputs are being done correctly to some degree will be accurate um, to trace back. Like, where did these cattle go? We know exactly where they went, assuming that data entry was correct. But if it wasn't, you can usually trace it back and find the problem. All right, let's move on to the next topic. That was pretty good. I like the way we just threw out ideas out there works 
artificial intelligence is the next topic. Something that uh, Agent M wants to talk about so much. So I just pulled up a quick little topic here, or a quick little article about 31 companies that is utilizing blockchain and AI. Uh, and I'll just go quickly just go over a handful of uh, company names. One of them is Finalize, uh, Black Box AI, Core Scientific, uh, Bext 316, uh, Burst IQ, Via, uh, Coin Genius. Alpha Networks, Nito Bjex, Figure, and WealthBlock.ai. There's a bunch of them. There's, I mean, Cyberware Labs, uh, Chain House, Versi, Versi Art, uh, Boxspring Media, Vitalics, Works Done, uh, Stocks, and Mobs, Hand Systems. It just keeps going and going. So it's people are using blockchain and AI without a doubt, and it's it, there's companies out there that are doing this, so it's it's awesome. M, what is I, your thinking of blockchain and AI? I, this is similar to IoT. I you know I, I I like thinking about AI a lot. I have not thought about AI and blockchain together. Um, however, one thing just kind of one idea came to me just now and that is um you know at some point here it's probably already happening that ai is going to be inventing things from self-learning and to the standpoint of um patenting some of this stuff or keeping track of when it's created you could have the i the ai um recording its creations uh, on a blockchain as proof of when it was created. You know, and, it's interesting. You know, I, read, I read an article years ago. I forgot which blockchain it was, but there was a company out there that was utilizing blockchain and AI. So what they did was they created two AIs within the blockchain, and they basically rewarded each other with the blockchain token. Uh, when I say they, the two artificial intelligence, um, what, uh, beans, computers, I don't know what you call them. The two AIs, let's call them, uh, what is it? Uh, Alpha and Beta. Entities. Skynet Entities. 1, Skynet Entities. 2. <laughs> Skynet 1, Skynet 2. Okay, so basically what they would do was ask each other questions. And obviously the developers would look at this and see what it would do. And if, if Skynet 1 would answer the question correctly, they would be rewarded in the blockchain token. So the AI would be very happy and continue doing its best to continue further furthering its its uh, knowledge and answering the questions correctly. So it would be tapped into the internet, obviously, to find the correct answer. And so then it would then in turn ask uh, Skynet 2 another question and furthering the knowledge of the AI itself. So it's kind of like a reward system that the AI couldn't cheat. <laughs> correct. And if it, if it did, if it did give the incorrect answer, it, it's its uh, default tokens would be deducted. Okay. That's not a bad idea. I mean, because I, I could see an AI um, learning a way to cheat. Like, why wouldn't they do it? Like, why wouldn't do that? Like, the, you know, the AIs that, um, that recreated the game Pac-Man from, I guess, just seeing the screen um, did it in unique ways. Now, they didn't do it particularly quickly, but I'm sure they 
they did it in creative ways that you could even call cheating in in a certain light. It's not well, a bad if idea. If the rules aren't defined, then it's not well, cheating. Yeah. True. Um, but I meant like as far as cheating to get a reward, um, even though you didn't accomplish what is something that deserved a reward. And is and it like uh, the way that Glados was uh, cheating with Portal. Like who? Glados. She was not, a that she, not, uh, I don't know if you know the storyline. Um, in the nope. storyline, she's um, rewarded for forcing the human to do tests. And that's the storyline of Portal itself. But when she doesn't test, as discovered by Wheatley, the second character in Portal 2, who becomes the, the manager of the entire facility uh, because he inserts himself into the socket that Gladys was removed from, um, realizes after a while he's like he, he tries cheating the system he says well i could just make the test really simple and that way um it meets the requirement like that you don't have to do any work uh, but then it turns out that that's not how the program was written and that in that he basically has to keep making the the tasks harder and harder and harder in order to get the hit the, of the reward so he initially <laughs> yep. starts doing it, but then he, because he's so stupid, as, as far as AI goes, he's a stupid robot, um, eventually starts messing things up and making things ridiculously difficult and breaking the rules all over the place because he's just trying to get that hit. So, <laughs> Yes, along those lines. So I want to go a little further into these companies that I just uh, mentioned and ask how they're, and let you guys know how they're utilizing blockchain because there's a small little description here about what they're doing. So with Brex 360, they're using AI and blockchain to boost supply chain transparency and efficiency in the coffee, timber, seafood, and mineral industry. The company's artificial intelligence analyzes crops and predicts growing patterns, while the blockchain ensures the recording of a product supply chain from seed to finished product. All right, that's one. First IQ is another company. It creates a health wallet which combines AI and blockchain and big data to holistically manage a patient's data. The Burst IQ wallet gives a patient's team of healthcare professionals access to his or her health records of well, uh, wellness plans. The healthcare professionals can then choose to buy, sell, or trade patient data for different scientific studies or to learn more about a specific disease. However, the blockchain lets patients keep private, keep private their personal identity information while sharing only big picture health data. Third one, VIA. VIA combines blockchain and AI to help some of the world's largest energy companies conceptualize and more efficiently use data. Its trusted analytics chain, TAC, uh, secures energy companies' data, anonymously calls it from multiple locations and company, companies and use smart contracts to give businesses better overall insights into the energy industry. All right. That's the top today I want to read. Any inputs on those? Um, I get the I get the one where I guess they're using the blockchain for protecting privacy. Um, some of the other ones, I'm not sure if the blockchain is really like necessary. You know, we're, we've got AI that's in increasing efficiency, but I wonder, like me, the blockchain is essential. Is it would be there for kind of security reasons and to is immutable um so i'm not i'm not sure if it's necessary for some of those items yeah i would agree with now that. here's something it seems like in regards to first 
Go ahead. Sorry. In regards to Burst IQ and their health wallet, what was interesting about that is that anybody, I guess the Burst IQ company, my issue with, and I when I used to host um, crypto meetups, there was one uh, gal that came from uh, uh, Stanford uh, shilling the same thing. She wanted to create a blockchain and she was trying to just start up exactly pretty much, maybe it's this company, I don't know. Well, it says Denver, but location Denver. But it was pretty much the same thing what she was trying to do was create a blockchain uh, platform that can uh, hold all, all patients' data privately. And if somebody wanted that data, if another uh, healthcare provider wanted that data, they would have to buy it from Burst IQ. Now, I don't know. I, I sort of have an issue with that of some centralized company like Burst IQ holding my data and selling it without without me without my my knowledge i guess but, but if your if your information if your personal information outside of the discoveries or the let's say if if they treated you like a dummy character like okay well this this oh, what's the word i'm looking for this avatar has these problems regardless of who it is all their history i mean anything personal about them other than just the problem with their body um, is completely devoid of, of uniquely identified information, I can, I can see it being fair. I mean, would I care if somebody studied the results of my body sans my, my character and my personality? No, I don't think I'd be bothered by that at all. Unless there was some way of identifying that aspect of me from those characteristics, like, oh, well, that's uniquely Jake. I know I'd recognize those set of, set of problems anywhere. I, I don't think anybody would, but... Um, if there was some some aspect that could identify me in that, I would not want it shared. But if it helped them, you know, we sold that information to that group or individual for their sake of research and study, as long as it was completely devoid of personally identifying information, I don't think I'd mind. And I don't think most people would mind. Because at that point, it's like, eh, it's not me anymore. It's just a dummy with those problems. Yeah, maybe there'll be a, a point at which... You could have the identifiable data, um, like DNA, which could be very useful for um, um, an AI who's trying to solve a problem that somebody's having. You know, to have that that DNA sequenced and available, um, but the AI would be built such that it wouldn't be able to share the identifi identifiable data outside of itself it could just give um i guess results for you know like a solution to a problem i don't know if that involves a blockchain or not um that might be something that would be a positive let me go with another three more see what you guys think about this if you guys don't mind next one is nito b Jex from irvine california uh, Net Object Objects is a smart city infrastructure platform that uses AI, blockchain, and IoT to power everything from connected devices to cloud-based products. The combination of these technologies reportedly improve logistic trackings, real-time failure detection, and data and device authentication. Okay, next one. Figure from Location, location San Francisco. Figure uses blockchain and artificial intelligence to streamline the home loan process by finding new access points for consumer credit products, including home equity lines of credit, home improvement loans, and even buy lease offerings for retirement. 
the company claims that money is available only a few hours after customers fill out a loan application. Third one, Wealthblock.ai from Chicago. Wealthblock.ai is a SaaS platform for businesses raising capital that handles automated marketing and messaging. A blockchain power, uh, powers the company's investors' referrals and suitability checking process so companies can rest assured they're working with only high-quality partners. Additionally, Wealthblock AI automa uh, automates content and keeps investors continuously engaged. Last one, Cyware Labs from New York. Cyware Labs incorporates AI and blockchain-based tools into its cybersecurity and, th and threat intelligence solutions. Cyberware's uh, situational awareness platform, CSAP, for example, uses those tools to power a mobile threat intelligence, secured messaging, and suspicious incident reporting platforms. Consequently, users are provided with an in-depth look at their real-time mobile cybersecurity protocol. I don't know. That was... I don't know about that. Give me a good idea, okay. at least in, in the in the sense of finance. One of the things I struggled with for so long was was the amount of disinformation that is out there um, on an individual, particularly when it comes to credit reporting. Um, and it, to me, blockchain maybe not maybe I, AI would be useful in this if it was good for sorting. Um, obviously, a computer can do sorting, but um, an AI might be do, doing more intelligent sorting. Um, you know, sense, uh, reasonably sensible, I don't know if you can even call a computer sensible, but um, uh, pattern recognition that is uh, more along the lines of what a human might do, um, but doing it obviously much, much faster than a human, and that's, that's more of its v value in AI. Um, but to me, the, um, the problem I have with current credit reporting is that there's so much disinformation, and of course there's also, there's also a identity theft along with it, um, to me, uh, financial transaction stuff, if you were trying to get a loan, I'm going to use a particular political um, person. I'm not going to name this political person, but I'm going to use them as an example. So there's, a, there's an action that this individual has done that's w relatively well known. And a lot of people have done it. It's not the only one who's done it, but I'm going to use them as an example in this case. Um, and that is to uh, deflate the apparent value of one's properties when uh, talking to authorities and uh, inflate the value of one's properties when trying to sh uh, uh, to encourage investment. Um, it's, it's definitely legal, but there's no way of easily showing it and easily proving it because it's so much of a subjective perspective on an objective thing. Um, but if something were tied, if, if one's um, credit history or one's property history were tied to a blockchain, then there'd be no way of inflating or deflating because it would be definitive and uh, recorded publicly. Well, it could be, like I said, it could still be encrypted, but it, you wouldn't be able to say, well, my business over here, Mr. IRS agent, is worth $5 million. But when talking to, um, you know, uh, investor over here, oh, oh, that property is actually worth $28 million because I say so. And how would you know any different? You wouldn't, because you're only going on off of what that person is saying, and not what the blockchain is definitively showing. The blockchain can't, as, as M pointed out earlier, is immutable. So you can't lie about it. You could, I guess, you could make statements about it, but the blockchain itself is immutable. You can't change it. You can't, you can't make up. You can't fabricate. It is just what it is. It's, it's a, a, a material object, in other words, a material fact. 
Um, so it's, um, or written down, which is what material means in this case. Um, and that's the thing that I'm using an example where it would be useful for one's credit. And then, of course, what I think what AI would be useful in this case in relation to blockchain is that AI could distinguish from all the different false statements and or maybe not false, but uh, misleading statements um, that that it, it currently takes a human intellect and 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 discernible capability to do. A computer can do uh, discernation much, much, much faster and does not fatigue. And so that's the advantage, I would think, of AI in uh, finance and blockchain in finance. Uh, off air, we were talking about AR and VR. So here's another company that I found called Oben from Pasadena, California. Oben is a blockchain and AI company that combines the two technologies to create a platform for intelligent AR, AR and VR avatars. Celebrities, professors, and any other users can create their own virtual avatar that can interact with each other on the Oben platform. The combination of AI, blockchain, and VR helps to create more personal and social experiences in a virtual world. I mean that that makes sense. Uh, you could, you know, we've already got uh, AI like GPT three that's creating um, like pictures of people that have never existed before, things like that that are unique, and and the blockchain could then preserve those unique creations and and prevent duplicates from being made and things like that. I could I could see that being useful. Awesome. Jake, you got anything on that? No on AR, AR and VR and blockchain? I, I'm so I'm intrigued by AR and VR, but I, I don't have a lot of experience with them per se. All right. So let's let's move away from this and really quick just any other ideas on on uh, AI and blockchain? Just what do you guys think about that overall? Is it going to be beneficial for the blockchain industry? Or companies in general? I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I think for for reasons that I have I have not thought of yet, um, there are going to be, um, you know, wherever it's important to have a record of something that can't be faked. Um, yeah, the input could be bad, and that's certainly something that needs to be dealt with. But the record itself then can't be can't be faked later, especially if you're doing something like proof of work where you can't fake do, redoing the work. Um, it could be useful. Um, what, yeah. What's interesting of what you said earlier that uh, is sticking to my mind is that you're, you're sort of saying that there's some companies out there that don't necessarily need to utilize blockchain if they're just doing <laughs> AI, AI type yeah. uh, projects. Probably most. Um, you could certainly just use encrypted databases for all kinds of things. Um, it's really when you need to prove that record hasn't been changed, Something that, that it becomes important. What, what you were saying, John, was um, uh, if someone hasn't already done this, I'd be very interested to learn about it. And that is an AI that is currently creating art and then immediately awarding um, uh, uh, 
it to the to the blockchain, its art to the blockchain, and just manufacturing art, and then awarding to the blockchain, and then putting it in, in NFTs, and then selling it <laughs> on Nifty Gateway or something like that. Like, oh look, it's the new Beeple, Beeple 2.0, the the AI that's making art on the blockchain and selling it as NFTs. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's it reminds me of uh, I think it was GPT three that somebody had set up to create um, blog posts or something. I think it was on Medium even, mm -hmm. and and people didn't know it was an AI. And it was writing things that just looked and felt human and these articles are so good that it basically got to the top spot one week on medium um and then finally i guess somebody confessed or somebody figured it out and then they had to pull it down but yeah it's i could i just like i could see an ai doing that just creating art and selling it <laughs> that's that's cool man <laughs> if, if someone hasn't already done it i'd be very interested to learn about some ai that's already been posting its art to nft uh uh, auction houses and people buying AI art that was unique. I mean, uh, an AI could be incredibly proficient at making just gobs and gobs of it, and it would all be unique, right? Because that's what AI does. Um, uh, it would be fascinating to see someone do that, but then who would get paid? <laughs> right. I did see money per se, but it might need money to continue to pay for its power so it can continue to live, right? <laughs> I did see AI create its own artwork, so that does exist, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen it to the ability where it's uploaded to uh, to blockchain. Yeah. But, but... Uh, yeah, it only takes one person just to click transfer over uh, the artwork to NFTs. Yeah, but then would the AI be smart enough, or maybe it could be programmed to be smart enough, to then, uh, what was the term they use when people um, buy their own NFTs to make it look like they're more valuable? Mm. The term was used to describe that. I can just see an AI going, well, if I want more money, I need to make it look look like people are buying my AI, am I being, buying right. my art, and then it would, because it, it operates so quickly, it could then make yeah. it look like there's a huge rush on its own art. False demand. <laughs> yeah. False demand, right. It's like, look, the cool thing that I've seen, <laughs> the coolest thing that I've seen other than, than artwork created by AI was, uh, was the developers inputted all these uh, different uh, um, stories into the AI itself, like a hundred different stories into the AI, and the AI had to create its own script, its own script as in somebody had to read it, uh, like, a, like a film script. And then there would be actors that would literally play out what the uh, AI has created, and there's a lot of videos out there of these people doing that. Yes, I have So they that. pretty much just follow... Yeah, they pretty much follow verbatim of what the AI has created. That's pretty cool. It was fascinating to see that was going on. Yeah. yeah as far as that and being – to tie it back to our, obviously, our discussion of blockchain being tied to – I guess it, it, it is like M said. Maybe it doesn't need to be. AI companies don't necessarily need blockchain right now. Um, unless, unless so it's, it's one of those things that – Like I said, to so the one, concept of finance, it is pertinent. So when when I used to do meetups, um, there was that was one of the issues that there's a lot of companies out there that are looking too far ahead and trying to utilize um, blockchain for for technology that is not necessarily going to be adopted by the average consumer currently. Something maybe 50 years down the road, it might be useful, but to create it right now, you're not going to 
profit off of it. And I think overall companies want to see some profit in their portfolio. So yeah, yeah. With these companies, hopefully they succeed and continuously um, expand and evolve their, their platforms. The I hope they succeed. Leader. I want to see things continuously grow on blockchain. Absolutely. It's the lost leader in a lot of these cases. It, it, you end up running into the saying, well, okay, so we're not making money now, but we're getting ahead of the game and being the de facto, you know, it's like um, any, anything starting a new idea. Um, maybe you start 10 years, 10 years too early. Um, yeah. I was thinking about somebody, I don't remember who it was recently told me they were going to buy an Aptera. You guys know what Aptera is? I do. I do. It was a, a tricycle car, two wheels in the front, one in the back, that was extremely aerodynamic. Yep. Yep. It's got one of the lowest uh, uh, coefficient of friction of any vehicle on the road um, yeah. by far. Um, Looked like an aircraft fuselage. Basically, it looks like a, like the, yeah, the front of an aircraft, or just basically an aircraft on the ground. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, With no wings. No, yeah, no wings. But yeah, it's uh, uh, Aptera. Um, uh, what was my point to? Oh yeah, that uh, it, getting into this really, really early. And Aptera started many years ago. I mean, shortly before Tesla released the 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 Roadster they were already starting their electric vehicle, but then they got into bad times and bad management and and ended up selling the remaining uh, IP, that is intellectual property, to um, to a Chinese company, which they interestingly enough recently bought back from that company, all of it. They completely bought more funding and bought all of that stuff back from that company and started reproducing again um, and started a whole new thing and they're making the, the vehicle again and it's going to be going on sale very soon. Um, wow. And it, to me, it, it was, I was really sad when it did fold, or at least when it was sold off and, and they weren't making it anymore because I was really interested in getting one. I, I knew a lot of people who put money down, even the full value of the money down. Like, I think they were originally planning on selling it for about 35000 And I knew people who'd put down 35000 on the car because they were so interested in it. Um, one of the guys I used to work for actually bought two, pre-bought oh. two, which he never got. They gave him his money back. But... Um, and and now since it's come out again, it's going to be cheaper. I think it's going to be twenty twenty five thousand. Um, but uh, or maybe for the starting model. And this guy's now has enough money that he bought five of them. But regardless of just the the big numbers of that, it was it was like, yes, this is a good idea. Yes, this is a great idea. And yes, they're the lost leader. They started this a long time ago, didn't succeed, and they came back, and now they're they're, they're living off their own you know previous fame. Um, or, you know, consideration of people it has. So it's like, yeah, you could start something really early on. Um, and maybe it won't work for a really long time. And maybe eventually when the technology catches up or just public opinion catches up, you will then be the, the de facto, you know, whatever, what everybody goes to that because you were the first one that everybody, anybody knew about. Oh, yeah, well, we know who that company is. Aptar, yeah, we've heard of them. Okay, well, then you're going to buy this crazy super aerodynamic vehicle from them because they're the only even though there might be other manufacturers out there everybody knows them so maybe blockchain would help you do that in the sense of getting started really really early <laughs> all right last question before we wrap it up blockchain is everything on blockchain in the future if if everything was on blockchain would it be a good thing or a bad thing for example from the time you slept, recorded on blockchain, to the time you woke up, to the time you jumped on the computer, everything you searched, everything you ate, 
from the point you drove from uh, location A to location B, the hours you spent at work, the hours you, the, the time that you took breaks, what you, you know, ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, everything, every single person around the world, every single movement, every single breath recorded on blockchain. Good or bad? Uploaded to Skynet. Bad. Not for me. <laughs> Mr. Privacy over here, Agent I, M would hate that. Even if, even if it I was a man, he's out. like, "I'm moving to Canada." Sorry, guys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to Neptune for me. Wherever I'm going to IO, I'm going to. Oh, no pun intended. Um, I'm going to uh, you know, Titan or some other planet, some other moon. Yeah. I'm not sticking around yep. here. You guys can do all the all oh. the blockchain uh, that you want. I'm, yep. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you in the next parallel universe that doesn't have blockchain. <laughs> Okay. All right, Kevin, let's go ahead and okay, one more thing. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, you know, one other thing, just thinking about AI, I was just going to say, one other thing that's been rattling out of my head lately is how long is uh, money going to be important? Um, ah. You know, if, if AI develops in a, in a certain way um, and energy becomes free and We've got nano machines like Kurzweil's Foglets that are able to be like replicators that can build pretty much anything anyone wants. And then VR, um, direct connection VR becomes so compelling. Most people want to live <laughs> their most of their lives in that because it's limitless and free in whatever way the individual wants it to be. Um, yeah, I just like I'm wondering when that point might arrive, and I feel like it's gonna be here sooner than later. Yeah, I I, I, would, I would consent to that. That it's um, not all of it, but I do believe we are moving rapidly toward a freer thought of existence. Um, it seems to be it compounding on itself faster and faster i feel like this has been predicted already but i don't exactly know the in the end game of it um but yeah i don't know how exactly ai and blockchain are going to play into that but i can definitely see that that our world has been advancing at our our revolutions it is as the industrial revolutions in, in society have gotten closer and closer together as time has progressed and do, does yeah. that mean that there's going to be some kind of uh, nirvana of of you know uh, mental revelation in the near future. I think that will definitely happen. Um, but I keep wondering if it's going to be like, um, uh, what was the movie with um, uh, Matt Damon with this, the halo thing in the sky? What was the name of that? Um, halo thing in the sky. The, the, where all the rich people in the scientists oh, yeah. ever moved to, this, to the space station and everyone else was left on the planet. Um, oh. Anyways. Um, I feel like that's where it might, might go, or even from the, the Disney uh, Tomorrowland perspective of just going to a different uh, dimension, you know, taking all the smart people and leaving all the dumb people to fend for themselves. I feel like that's kind of where things are going. I don't know where everyone's going to move, if that's even possible, or if that's even a thing. But I feel like if brilliance and production and new things and all this stuff is going somewhere, I, I, I somewhat fear for the future, and I somewhat yearn for the future at the same time um 
I'm I'm right there with you because I I have no idea what's going to happen, and you know if things go a certain way, um, I yearn for it a lot more than others. <laughs> uh, I yearn for the positive future. I, I don't yearn for the for the potential failure future that we've we've already seen some of. I mean, this last four years in, sure. in the United States and sure. in just the last year in the world, we've experienced horrific problems. Um, yeah. I feel like you know it's almost like getting the cart before the horse. Um, we're yep. to use a really old analogy, but uh, it, the, there are aspects of th this world that need to be fixed as well. Even though we've got some great things coming up, some great technologies come up, there's still rudimentary problems that need to be resolved. Um, the one thing I always think is very yeah. helpful for is I'm using the example of Gene Roddenberry's uh, teleportation changed the world for in his in his universe, his uh, you know Star Trek universe. Um, because it made it possible to replicate anything that was necessary, and it made tel it made uh, travel uh, very, very simple. And at that point, mm -hmm. the reason they talk about the, the speculative reason why they talk about how poverty and money were removed was because one, you could own nothing because teleportation could could take it from you, and uh, replication made poverty and, and and hunger disappear because there was there was now no no longer a way to prevent people from getting food. And, and resources because we could just make them yeah, the yeah the limitation you then would be left with is space on the planet yeah. and then if then if you go the VR route well then that doesn't matter either yeah. as long as you're happy in that in that space um, so we are solving and, problems but there are there are these problems where we still see the third world yep. perspective exist even though we have sure. the ability to solve the problem and we're not solving it it's it's so out then, there, but we haven't done it yet, and we need to do right. it. Then the other thing that I think about is just uh, people over time augmenting themselves with tech and AI and becoming more than they are now. And I'm not saying that's a good way to go. I don't know if I want to do that, um, but I think that would be a paradigm shift for people distancing themselves from being so close to being primitive animals. <laughs> it, it, um, it is, it, I don't want to make this discussion that we're trying to talk about. So you were just asking for a simple answer, and I feel like I'm giving a complex answer to a simple question. Um, but there is a... The future is bright. Is it bright, not bright enough I need to wear shades per the song? But um, yeah. it's, it, it is bright, but we need to be inclusive, in my honest opinion. We need to include everybody in this if we're going to move forward and not everybody's ready to move i mean <laughs> i'm not going to yeah, use a biblical I analogy agree. but i can think of one pretty good example from a really old book that was written a long time ago that took a, a lot of people about 40 years of wandering around to figure out where they were going <laughs> so you know sometimes you gotta let the old generation die before you can move on <laughs> yeah no, it's um, not everybody. People just need to have the choice. Um, yep. Not everybody's going to want to choose to to go down that road, and uh, and that's okay. Uh, is the future um, bright with I blockchain think... and AI? Absolutely. Is everybody on board? Nope. <laughs> right. I think as we move on uh, into the future, we're going to start seeing more people utilize uh, VR and AR and AI and blockchain overall. Yeah. And more absolutely, without a doubt. It's already obvious right now. For example, uh, Jake, you've uploaded a video from uh, the Brave Land, and nothing but positive feedbacks on that. 
that's not just with you, but with a lot of other people that have used uh, Braveline. It just came out, and that's an uh, uh, a VR VR platform, correct? Um, I wouldn't call it VR. it's VR VR Can coming. You... Like VR it's coming. not VR, okay. yet, but VR is coming to it. Okay, so that's one of those things that you're you're in. You're going to be in a VR land, and it's all cupcakes and rainbows. <laughs> it, pretty much right uh, and, and that's people are going to adopt that it, it's a nice safe place to be in you don't have to worry about uh, going out and, and to a spa and being shot at like the news just reported a while back right. you know that's you can be in your safe home and still utilize and be productive in, in AR and VR that's the future that's the future to come that I see and, I, I don't wanna, and it's I don't very wanna... obvious now that we've We've been stuck in this in this uh, pandemic for a while now. A lot of people have been utilizing the internet a lot more. I've been adopting it. Have been learning more. It's it's surprising how people with a little nudge, people have become semi experts on how to utilize the internet. Mm -hmm. Surprising, wow. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a little nudge, but yeah, it was definitely a nudge. Of sorts. <laughs> and the pandemic forced them to do this, and a lot of people realized they didn't have to go to a physical office in order to get their job done. Um, right, and a lot of people are still right, struggling with the this. thought of having to go back to an office to get their job done. Like, well, we did it before without going. Why do we have to go back? No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's wrap this up, and we'll talk off off air. Yep. So, with that Sounds said, Cryptonauts, thank you for listening. You can check out uh, Jake Jabrelli at uh, on Library and YouTube. Also, he is the CEO of Jabrelli Farm. So, if you're interested in uh, anything mining related, you can definitely hit him up. Uh, where's the best place to reach you on Discord, Jake? Uh, no, not. I mean, we can. You can certainly find me on Discord. But if you guys are just reaching out for me, you can. You can do Jabberly at tech.me. That's my email address. I don't mind giving that out. You can also look at my website, jabberly.com. It's got a lot of my commentary and, and posts on it. So those are easy ways of getting hold of me. Awesome. And we have Agent M from the Men in Black Initiative. <laughs> how, how do we? <laughs> how do we reach you, uh, M? If anybody wants to talk to you further about uh, AI. Because it sounds like you're uh, very knowledgeable in AI. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Discord, and uh, you know, um, you can find me, I guess, in the Raven community. Raven community, awesome. So with that said, thank you, Jake. Thank you, M, for being on the podcast today. With that said, Cryptonauts, Daxats, and Hoddle. Adios. <laughs>